0: Good morning and thank you for being with us this morning. Let me invite you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, this has been a week like no other. And as I watched the the news footage for this week, it was hard to believe that uh, that the images that I was seeing were not coming from a country far, far away. You know, what happened in Minneapolis to uh, Mr. Floyd was a was a really horrible thing and it's, it's really truly shocking to know that somebody could uh, suffer harm under the care of those who are sworn to protect and serve. And that is tragic. The whole thing and everything that has happened since then has been tragic. It's tragic that well-meaning people have went out to air their grievances as part of their constitutional right to protest and wanted to do that peacefully. Yet uh, they were unable to do that in many occasions because they were infiltrated by others seeking to encourage chaos and incite violence. It's tragic that there's so much hate and anger that have been spread around, continues to be spread around on social media uh, in the last couple weeks. It's tragic that in cities all over our nation, businesses and stores that provide vital services to local communities have been looted and vandalized and destroyed and. As many of you know, even a church set on fire by rioters. It's tragic that people have been hurt and even killed by the result of all that has happened this week. And the truth is is that none of it should ever have happened. And I pray that it stops soon and I pray that it never happens again. You know, in the wake of a nation that's so greatly divided, many are trying to understand what to do and how to respond to all that has happened. You know, so many want to uh, to, to make the events of the last week or two into political conversations. And I know, uh, as you know, that many times those conversations tend to go off the rails very quickly. So this morning... Uh, as we try and we pray about how we as, as the church and as Perryville First Baptist Church and as members of the Kingdom of Christ, how, how we are to respond to what has happened and, and how to react in the days ahead. I want us to remember that Scripture teaches us that as believers in Christ, you and I are called to be Christ's ambassadors. You know... Uh, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines an ambassador as a diplomatic agent of the highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the resident representative of his or her own government or sovereign. More simply stated, uh, an ambassador is an authorized messenger or representative. You and I are representatives of Christ. We are God's ambassadors to this world. We are diplomatic agents of the Almighty, diplomats sent to live in a foreign land as an agent of our sovereign king. See, the truth is, if you're a believer in Christ, you are called to be a representative of Christ in your home at your job and in your community, and yes, in our culture as a whole. Now that may not hit you like it, like it hits me after what we have seen this week, but we are ambassadors. An ambassador is called to represent the interests and opinions and agenda of the one who appointed him or her to his or her post. And the last thing that that a really good ambassador would want to do is to embarrass their ruling authority. And I believe that you and I are in this world right now for a reason. Young or old, married or single, male or female, people of every ethnicity, we are here on this planet for a reason, for such a time as this. And whatever our response to all of this will be, It needs to reflect the opinion, interests, and agenda of our Sovereign Lord, who in His infinite perfection righteously governs over His creation. So I want to invite you to join me here in 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to start in verse 17 and read to verse 21. The Apostle Paul writes... Here to the believers in Corinth. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them. And He has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, certain that God is appealing through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a word from the Word this morning as we dive into Scripture, Holy Scripture, holy words from the very mouth of God. Father, help us as believers here today to understand what it means to be Christ's ambassadors in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So you and I are called to be Christ's ambassadors. So I want to share with you a few things about an ambassador of Christ. First thing I want to share with you is that Christ's ambassadors are enlisted when they are born again. You become an ambassador of Christ when you are born again. And Paul says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and the new things have come. That that reminds us that anyone who has been reconciled to God has been reconciled to God through the blood of Jesus Christ and he or she has been made new. Now he's going to explain what this means and we'll get to that here in a minute about therefore we are ambassadors. okay? But where does the therefore come from? It It is preceded by this statement that those who have been reconciled in Christ are new creations. So whether you realize it or not, if you have been reconciled by the blood of Jesus, you are His ambassador today. You are His representative in this dark world. When a person is saved, genuinely saved, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about when a person says certain words. Now your salvation experience... May, uh, may include and typically does include a, a prayer and some type of prayer that we call the sinner's prayer, some variation of that. It very well may have included that. But if you have not truly believed and truly put your faith in Christ, then you have not been changed. But for those who have truly come to Christ that have genuinely been saved by the blood of Christ. Scripture says that you are a new creation and that person is reborn, born again. And from that moment forward, God begins to change you from the inside out. God changes your heart and and, and as as He changes that heart and as He molds you into His likeness, those things begin to become evident in your everyday life. That change will be evidenced by the way that the life of a believer is lived. You know, in recent years... Home improvement shows have become very popular on television and on the Internet. Of course, I'm sure most of you have heard of HGTV, and that's a very popular home improvement network that produces many shows for uh, uh, for uh, folks to watch about flipping houses and making home improvements. And a lot of shows have been popular over the years. I know one of my favorites was Fixer Upper with Chip and JoJo. And, Uh, Others like the Property Brothers and and all of these other shows that are on there. But but about a year and a half ago, HGTV uh, decided to start a new project. About a year and a half ago, they found a three-bedroom house out in California. It's almost 2,500 square feet, and uh, it was for sale uh, for the asking price of about $1.4 million dollars. There were a lot of celebrities that were interested in buying this house and after a bidding war and uh, and a price tag of over $3 million, HGTV secured the contract for that house. You see, it was worth that to them because they had this idea for a new show where they would bring in uh, some of their most famous designers and craft workers and redesign the inside of the home. They wanted to do this because... The house is part of television history. Many of you probably already know that the house that we are talking about is known uh, throughout the world of television as the Brady Bunch house. The problem though was uh, if you looked at the Brady Bunch house from the outside, it looked Uh, very similar to the way that it looked in the 1970s when the show was on television. You can tell that is the Brady Bunch house. But the problem was that the inside of the house did not look anything like it did on television. When you watched the show on television, you saw the outside of the house, and that was really just a facade and the inside of the house with the big staircase and the in the living room and the in the den and the kitchen and all of that stuff, that was all in a studio. So the inside of the house on the show really that really wasn't the same house and, and so so these ama- amazing designers and craftsmen were going to uh uh we going to work to completely recreate this house on the inside to look like it did on the television show. It was a really interesting concept because you know on a lot of those shows they want to make these houses look modern and chic and all of these things and they wanted this house to look over 50 years old because they wanted it to be recreated to be be, uh, reflective of or an image of the way that it was in the show. They wanted an exact replica. They wanted the shag carpet. They wanted the avocado-colored appliances and the orange Formica countertops and the wallpaper and the dining room table and the chairs. They had a lot to do with that house because because the actual house that they bought in California that that was used to shoot the outside of the home, that house actually was not a two-story house. And they had to figure out how to make it into a two-story house. They had to strip it down to the studs. They had to build onto it. They did a lot of work. It was amazing. And yes, I will admit to you right now that I watched every minute of it and loved it. Okay, But here's, here's the deal. There are a lot of people out there today who identify themselves as Christians. And on, a, on the census this year, when it came to religious affiliation, they checked the box, Christian. They, I haven't seen the census, but some of them may have checked the box, Baptist. You know? Some of them, if they could have identified their church, would have, would have said, I go to Perryville First Baptist Church. Uh, And so there are a lot of people out there that would identify themselves as a believer in Christ. And on the outside, if someone asks them, do you believe in Jesus? They'd say, oh, sure I do. Of course. Yeah, I believe in God. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross for sins. Yep. Yep. Believe that. And so they know the right answers many times, but yet For some people, maybe not for all of them, but for some people, even though they know the right answers and even on the outside everything looks good, on the inside, the inside doesn't reflect that which is being uh, portrayed on the outside, just like that Brady Bunch house. And it is so confusing to a skeptical and unbelieving world uh, that... Believers in Christ, people who say they believe in Jesus, do not feel burdened um, of uh, wanting their everyday life to reflect the faith that they say that they have. It's confusing to an outside world when we say we believe in Jesus, but yet it doesn't show up in our lives. And the truth is, is it's confusing for this world? It's off-putting for this world because this world is already full of things that are fake. Okay, there are enough things in this world that are fake. There are there are fake uh, television shows. Even reality shows are faked. You know, there are there are productions all over the place that are just not real. There are uh, uh, there are false gospels and false religions and. There are things that give us false hope. There are false versions of the truth. There are a lot of things out there that are fake already. And one thing that speaks to the people in our world is when, when, when they see somebody whose life reflects the faith that they say that they have. You see, as an ambassador, it's... It's hard to be an ambassador or a representative for a government or for a, a king that you don't know. Okay, you've got to be close to, uh, uh, in close communication to the one that you are representing. At the same time, you're not going to be taken seriously as an ambassador if you go into, uh, into a, 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 a diplomatic situation as an ambassador and you claim to represent the best interest of your country or your government or your king and then you're exposed conspiring with the enemy. Listen folks, believers in Christ, we are ambassadors of Christ in this world. If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, whether you realize it or not, whether you care or not, you are His representative in this world. And before we go any further, I want you to ask yourself, I want to ask you, maybe have you just think about this in your heart, have you been reconciled unto God? Have you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Have you been changed? I'm not asking you, are you perfect? None of us will ever be perfect. But is God changing you? Has He changed you? I love what it says in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Anyone. Anyone, anyone is anyone. That, that could be that. That's that's you. That's me. That's that's the your next door neighbor. That's the person down the street. That's the person on the other side of the world. If anyone, regardless of age, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of gender, regardless of wherever you came from and whatever your background is, if anyone is in. Christ, he or she, is a new creation. You see, that anyone could be you. And if you've not come to faith in Christ, you can cry out to Him today. Confess and repent of your sins and trust in Him. And if, if you need to talk to somebody, I want to encourage you to go to our Uh, go to our website, find our response tab, click on it and and let me know. And as soon as we get notification, that's not going to go to the whole church. It just goes to me. And so uh, let me know if you need to talk, if you've made a decision for Christ, if you have questions, I'd love to, uh, to have a conversation with you. You can cry out to God and confess Him today. But if you're a genuine believer in Christ already, then you already are an ambassador, whether you realize it or not. See, You see, the, the, the ambassadors of Christ, you see, they are, uh, uh, they are enlisted. That was the word I was looking for whenever they come to be believers. So they're enlisted when they come to faith in Christ. But the next thing is, is that Christ's ambassadors serve Christ when they reach out with the gospel, they reach out with the gospel. As, as Paul was, uh, was reaching out to the Corinthians, he says in verse 20, he says, Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, certain that God is appealing through us, and we plead on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. You see, the work of an ambassador is to bring the message of that king or that ruling authority to a foreign land. Paul sees himself and sees believers as ambassadors of Christ living in a foreign land, a representative of his king. And what is that message? Be reconciled to God. What is God's message for the Corinthians? Be reconciled to God. Notice that when Paul says that, he's not demanding. He's not demanding. I, and I, I don't think that, that he, uh, he, he, he chooses not to demand it because, uh, because he doesn't think there's authority in the message. He knows that there's authority in the message. But instead, he is pleading with them because he understood that although he brought the authority from God, the message was from God, he understood that, uh, that, that, that they weren't just going to respond to him coming in there at that moment and commanding them to repent. But yet he brings this message from God. He's pleading for them to become reconciled. How often do you plead with somebody to be reconciled unto God. How often do you plead with others or how often do you plead with anybody about being saved? Do you plead with others to accept the love and forgiveness of God or do you argue and debate with them over the morality of their choices? See, with everything that's going on right now, I worry that out of an emotional response, some people who are cross ambassadors may be tempted to get distracted debating moral issues with people, more distracted with that than, than, they, than they do spend, spend time sharing uh, the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ with people. Some might say, well, Pastor, the morality that that I believe comes from Bible study and time with God and and, and it comes because God has changed my heart. And to that, I say, amen. But don't forget that the power of Jesus is what changed you. The power of Jesus is what changed me. And it's the power of Jesus proclaimed in the gospel message that will change this world. Listen, we're going to get into debates. We're going to have conversations. I'm not saying that we won't, okay? Uh, It's going to be difficult at times because the world typically does not like the message that comes from the Bible. But as we reach out to others, we need to always reach out with the gospel message. Because a Christ ambassador will plead with others to be reconciled to God. And ultimately, the last thing I want you to understand is that a Christ ambassador excels when he or she follows instructions. A Christ ambassador excels when, when he or she follows instructions. You see, an ambassador that comes to a foreign nation does not come to, uh, to, to give a message to people be pleasing to his audience but to please and obey the king that has sent him or the government or the sovereign an ambassador does not speak in his own authority and does not uh, d- does not throw out his own opinions or or uh, or, or, or de- demands uh, that uh, uh, th- that others give him or her a platform for for the sake of being an ambassador. An ambassador only speaks or takes action that he or she has been commissioned to carry out. It's official business. An ambassador is more than a messenger. He or she is a representative and uh, a representative of, of the honor and the reputation of his or her country are in the hands of that ambassador. And as everything has developed in our nation in the past week or so, (laughs) I've been tempted to react. There have been times when I've been tempted to react, but I give pause. You say, well, you give pause because you're a preacher? Well, no. (laughs) I mean, that probably helps that I am a preacher. Uh, But I give pause because I actually serve a higher call than just... The fact that I am recognized by other people as a preacher. I give pause because I have been reconciled unto God by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am His ambassador in this world just like you are. And I want to make sure that anything that I say or any reaction that I have is measured with the authority of His voice and not my own. One of the passages, a couple passages actually came to my, my heart this week. Um, this was one of them in 2 Corinthians 5. Um, another passage that came to me this week through quiet time and reflection and Bible study is Micah 6.8 when um, God is having His conversation with His people. And in verse 8... God says, Mankind, He, talking about God, He has told you what is good and what it is the Lord requires of you. To act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. And as I think about what our responses should be, I have to ask myself, is my response, whatever it will be, is it consistent with God's righteous justice? Is it consistent with God's love? Because in that passage in Micah 6-8 where it says that what God requires of you is to act justly and to love faithfulness, that word, that's that, that's that Hebrew Old Testament word, it's, it's translated in the home as faithfulness, but it is a word that describes the love of God. And so I have to ask myself, is my response, whatever it is, and is my life consistent with God's love? Is my response and is my life, is it humble? Is it consistent with the humility of Christ who died on the cross for our sins? I also thought about 1 Peter 5 verses 8 and 9 where we're told... We are warned as believers, it says, Be sober-minded and be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. And so one of the questions that I would ask myself with my response and even in my everyday life, is it sober-minded? Whatever I say, whatever I do, am I making a sober-minded decision? And will it present the devil with an opportunity to strike? That's why we're told to be sober-minded. Be serious. Be alert. Don't be consumed with all these intoxicating things. And it's not just talking about a physical intoxicants like, like drugs or alcohol. That's part of it. That can affect the way we think. But also, he's talking about the intoxication that comes when we are so filled with emotion, anger, distrust, hurt, whatever that might be—is my response sober-minded, and does it give the devil an opportunity to strike? Because if it's not sober-minded, you're opening the door to a lot of um, a lot of dangerous things. This week, I opened a book written by Dr. Tony Evans. Pastor Tony is a well-respected and well-known evangelical pastor who happens to be a person of darker skin color. And he wrote this, and this is pretty long, and I'll I'll read this for you, but this just really spoke to me this week. He says, in 1954 there was a landmark Supreme Court decision. It was Brown versus the Topeka Board of Education which ended segregation in public education. Tony Evans says, did it stop racism in schools? Absolutely not, but since then. When a lawyer stands up in a courtroom, he can reference Brown versus the Board of Education to legitimize uh, his case and the rights that folks have today. Uh, Tony Evans says it was a landmark decision. He says in 1865, the 13th Amendment abolished slavery and it was a landmark decision. In 1870, the 15th Amendment gave the right to vote to African-Americans, it was a landmark decision. In 1964, there was the Civil Rights Act, another landmark decision that gave equal opportunity to all. Then he has another commentary. He says, now does that mean that all of the evils that those decisions were designed to address went away? Absolutely not. But what it does mean is that there is something in the past to use in an appeal when mess shows up in the present. He says when mess shows up and somebody wants to deny a child the right to attend a certain school. A lawyer can reach back to the legal decision made in 1964 that frees people of color to go to any public school that they are qualified to attend. If someone if somebody wants to say I can't go into this restaurant or drink from this water fountain I can go back and pull the Civil Rights Act that gives me the right to go uh, anywhere I want as an American citizen. And he wraps up with this. He says, but 2000 years ago, there was another landmark decision. Jesus Christ hung on the cross between heaven and earth with all of hell watching. And he paid the price for your sin and mine. And that, my friends, was a landmark decision. Tony Evans says, when Satan comes up and and tries to convince you that your needs will not be met, then you can appeal to that landmark decision. You can quote the psalmist who says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. That's a landmark decision. He says when Satan shows up and he says that he plans to ruin your life, then you can appeal to a landmark decision decision. Because 2,000 years ago there was a landmark decision that establishes that you are more than a conqueror in Him who loved you and gave Himself for you. Tony Evans says that landmark decision from 2,000 years ago can be used today. And wherever you are today, wherever you're watching from, Whatever your background, whatever your ethnicity, whatever, uh, wherever you are in this world, all you really need to do is to trust Him. Let's pray.